I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue. This is episode number 82, and I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant. And today, I want to talk to you a little bit about emotion versus mechanics and how that comes into play when it comes specifically to sales calls, um, but also from a managerial perspective. So there, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a conversation that had to do with systems, systems over superstars. And we touched on the topic of designing a system similar to a way that, let's say, McDonald's might do. McDonald's has a system where you can plug anybody in and the machine will still run. Now, sales, admittedly, is a little bit of a different beast, but that doesn't mean you can't learn something from the model McDonald's has. In fact, I think it's super important to be able to have that in place. The difference is your qualifications, the the, the core skills that you need to fill the roles when it comes to sales... It's just going to be a, a higher bar than it might be to start working at McDonald's. And one thing I want you to think about is from the perspective of whether somebody is heavy on the emotional side versus heavy on the mechanical side. Now, those of you that know me know that I'm heavy on the emotional side. I'm not a systems guy by nature. I work really, really hard to put systems in place. But you put me one-on-one with somebody, we tend to connect. You um, put me in a situation where I got to you know, make a call on the fly. I got to go with my gut. I can roll with it and it'll be successful 98% of the time. Okay. Maybe 90% of the time, but does that fit into a sales role? And the short answer is sometimes. So for me, I'm a good sales rep. I'm not the best and I'm okay with that because I'm much better at building and leading teams. Um, And part of it is because of that emotional side. The emotional side allows me to connect with sales reps, allows me to meet them where they're at and help them go where they want to go. This is my personal strength. And that's a personal strength that you want to see in a lot of great leaders. So as you're figuring out who you want to have as a manager in your company, who you want to have um, uh, to lead, I mean, not just sales, but any department ultimately, you want to have a good balance of systems versus emotion. But the emotional side is really, really important in this leadership role because One of the most important and valuable things that you can have a leader do is be able to get your team to buy into them, to be able to have them show that inspiration, that vision, have something that's bigger than just each individual member of the team, right? The sum is greater than, or the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So you want a a manager or a leader that can create that vision. And even if it's the CEO of a company, you want that vision to be clear, to be projected, and to have people buy into it. And that's going to have people go further for you. Um, a lot of people will stop as soon as the you know the clock strikes five. They punch their card. I don't know if people really do that anymore. But they call it a day they go on. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what they're hired for. Work from nine to five and go home. Great. Um, but for most of us, and especially when it comes to sales, we need to have this level of buy-in. And this level of buy-in might mean that there's a a greater vision, a greater association with the the top-level vision 
that might require you to go the extra mile on occasion. You don't have to come in and work 14 hours a day unless you want to, but you want a team that will go the extra mile. You want a team that is more committed to the cause than the paycheck. And that's why it's really important to have a, a leader that has a high level of an emotional intelligence. And when I say emotional intelligence, I don't want it to get confused with actual um, IQ, like intellectual intelligence. Okay. Um, very, very different. And so when I say if somebody doesn't have that high of a, an emotional intelligence, that's not an insult against them. It's purely an observation on their level of being able to connect with another person, um, see them, hear them, understand what they're saying, and connect quickly. And that's not the scientific answer. But so if, when I talk about levels of emotional intelligence, don't you know get yourself in a knot. This is simply a key component of how well somebody can connect. And it involves being able to hear somebody, see somebody, connect with them, and really get where they're coming from. Okay, so that's really, really important. Now, when it comes to a sales rep, it can vary. And it varies on the transaction. Do you want someone that's doing, that's calling up, that's doing something very transactional? Um, let's say that, uh, as an example, a very common thing in the online business world is having people do message, like sales messaging. And maybe they'll message you through Facebook or they'll message you through LinkedIn. And there's a script they use and they paste and they modify it. Or maybe they use some automation or whatever. But ultimately, that can be uh, a transactional or mechanical activity. You don't need a lot or any emotion. Um, well, I mean, you need some. But not much to be able to continue the conversation based on templates that have been set before you. Um, if you're getting deeper into a conversation, you might need to be able to understand some triggers like um, key words that might indicate emotion that might you want to use to raise your awareness. But if you're doing something very transactional uh, where it's sending some messages and trying to get somebody to do something like, hey, my company um, has this great new training going on and we'd love to invite you to it. You don't, it doesn't need to be a big sell. But if you're reaching out to someone and you're being the face of a company and maybe they already know the company, you want to make sure that there's um, that higher level of an emotional intelligence, that higher level of connection. If the call to action is something more than clicking a link, getting something for free, if it's booking a call with somebody, for example, a lot of people perceive booking a call as something that um, is, that they're giving up something more than you know, just the simple transaction. They're giving up your time, probably 45 minutes to an hour. Some webinars go even longer than that. But they're giving up their time to invest in that. And for a lot of people, and I would agree with the statement, time's more valuable than money, right? So some people will say, you know what? We're just going to invite someone to a webinar. It's a really low barrier to entry. Um, and they'd rather do that than put an offer that's, say, $7 in their funnel, well, the reality is to a lot of people that 60 minutes of time is more important, more valuable than that $7 that they would pay for some kind of uh, you know, tripwire offer, for example. So just be aware of that. If you're asking somebody to jump on a, on a webinar, um, a sales call, especially a sales call, even if you can make it be about um, some strategic outcome that they'll get from it, even if they don't sign up, people have a natural resistance to sales calls. And not only are they giving up their time, probably somewhere between 15 minutes to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour, 
They're going to give up that time and they're putting themselves in a place where they might need to get vulnerable. They might need to get uncomfortable because if you're saying, hey, let's jump on a call to see how we can help you. Well, helping somebody means there's a problem. And by booking it, they need to acknowledge that there's a problem. And then showing up and trying to actually consider the solution means they need to be vulnerable enough to talk about the problem and identify the places where they've fallen short in the past. That can be a lot. So be really, really clear when you're mapping out your sales process and figuring out what kind of personalities are the ideal fit. That if you are asking for a higher level commitment, like booking a call with a strategist, a sales rep, uh, you know, pick the name, whatever. The point is to get on a call, talk to somebody and see if they can uh, you know, help somebody solve their problem, right? That can be a heavy ask for somebody, especially if the pain that they're going through isn't so intense that they must solve the problem yesterday, right? If it's something that's been a lingering problem, like I heard uh, one of my clients used an analogy of if you've got dial-up internet and it, you know, from looking from the outside in, it's super painful. How could you stand going back to dial-up internet? But while you're in it, you don't know what you're missing. And, and if that's the case, it's hard for people to take action. But as soon as you can show them the value of that high-speed internet, it'll change their life. And I want you to think about the uh, objections that might come from your potential clients. Is it the same way? Is the problem you're solving one that uh, can be a gradual one and it's not there? It's kind of like, um, uh, I'm going to mess up the analogy and it's not a great one anyway. But um, like, uh, is it frogs boiling in a pot? I don't remember. Don't, anyway, don't, don't hate on me for the um, perhaps not animal friendly analogy. But if you're sitting in a boiling pot, you don't notice how hot it's getting because it's a gradual increase. Does that make sense? And you don't notice how big of a problem it's becoming until it's too late. So don't let yourself be in a place um, in, in your business personally. If, if there's problems you need to solve, like building your sales team, um, increasing sales process, or any other problems at all, don't let yourself be in a place where it's like you're in a, in a you know, boil, in a, can pot pot that's the word pot of boiling water and things are just getting worse bit by bit by bit but it's so incremental it's not noticeable don't leave yourself stuck there and be aware if that's a scenario with your client or your ideal client your prospects if that is the case if their problem is incremental if their problem is sort of like, well, looking in, we can see it's a problem because we're on the outside looking in. It's like we're running on high-speed internet and they're on dial-up. They don't know what they're missing. And when that's the case, and if that's the case in you, with you and your sales process and the problem that you're solving, you need to have somebody on the front end that can connect emotionally. You need to have that... Um, that higher level of an emotional intelligence to be able to understand the emotional cues of what the other person's going through because if they don't, they're going to miss opportunities to highlight pain that maybe the person doesn't even realize they have. For example, if we're talking about dial-up versus high-speed internet, well, you know, um, I wish I could download more than one song in a day. And I know we're getting going kind of back quite a ways, but that could be 
a pain point, but they don't know any other way. So they don't know how much of a pain it is or that it can be solved pretty easily. So, um, for example, if you, you're running your sales team and, you know, it's, it's okay, it's a struggle, you're getting frustrated, uh, but it's manageable. And because it's manageable, you're okay moving forward as it is. But what if there's something better out there? What if putting the right sales systems in place, the sales strategies in place, and the sales training in place can take your business from running on dial-up to running on high speed? What would that look like for you? And I want you to think about it, because if you're watching this, that means you are either a sales rep wanting to get better, a sales manager wanting to build a team, or a CEO or founder of a company that could stand to have more sales coming from your team. And those things are my zone of genius, and I would love to work in those zone of geniuses with you, if it makes sense, right? We've got to make sure we're the right fit. But think about this piece, and I want you to take this nugget because you can apply it right now. If the problem that your customers or prospects are having is an incremental one, or maybe it's even just a steady one, right? The boiling pot example, yeah, it gets incrementally hotter. But what if it's just steady? What if it's just a numbing pain, right? Dial-up was kind of just this numbing pain. And you just dealt with it as long as you had to until something better came along. If you knew that something better was there if you were ready to make the jump. And if you're someone who was not an early adopter, who was um, in a place where you resisted new until it was like super tested, then you might've been one of the last people to get off dial. I mean, there's still people in the world on dial-up. But just know that if your client or prospect is in that same boat, you need someone on the front end that can feel that emotion that can connect because this is what has to happen. And I'm going to borrow some language from Tony Robbins here. But the way people take action, the way people move and make change is either chasing a carrot or avoiding a stick. That's it. And we will actually work harder to not lose something that we already have. Okay? You will do consistently, you will lock your doors at night to avoid having your place broken into. You will consistently brush your teeth to avoid getting cavities, right? You, um, but we won't typically do those other actions or like uh, more, we, we won't take on actions that are in pursuit of something more than what we have now. The, the pursuit of something, it takes a very unique level of drive to do that. And it's not typical. The average person doesn't naturally have that drive to step out of their comfort zone and find a better version of, of health, of life, of business, of income, of whatever. We are very okay being where we're at, but we will behave in a more aggressive or more consistent way to avoid losing something we already have. Right? If you've got a nice TV on your wall right now, you will do what it takes to make sure no one pops into your house and steals it. In fact, you will do a lot more work for that than trying to generate more income or creating whatever needs to be created for you to go get a new one that's even nicer. And so as a salesperson, if you're in a place where you're, the problem you're solving is consistent or it's only um, the pain only increases incrementally, you need to have someone that connect with that emotionally to identify what that pain really is to show people, look, 
dial-up is killing your productivity. When you've got the option for high speed, I understand that this is how it's been done and this is how you think it's always going to go. And I was there. And here's another key point I'll share with you. I was like you. Think about that phrase. That's something I picked up from uh, Jeff Walker's PLF live event in, I think, 2016, 2015. Uh, one of the, some of the languaging is, I was just like you. Because you can connect to people. And you can use that language to help them trust you. Because the problem is this. Naturally, as much as I love the word sales, there's still some resistance naturally to being sold. People don't like to be sold to. They love to buy, but they don't like to be sold to. And buying is their own decision. Okay? And so when you're in a spot where you're in a place where you don't feel the pain and someone has to show it to you, there's so much emotional work that happens there that the average person can't do it. Not consistently and not well consistently or consistently well. So I want you to make sure that when you're putting people in place in your team, pay attention to what's needed based on the ask that they're, that they're giving. If you're having people call to book a sales call, you need to be able to connect emotionally. If you're calling for a transaction, if you're calling to hey, I wanted to let you know that we've got a free resource for you. That's less of a big deal. People will give away an email to get a free resource without much resistance, if it's a, towards a problem that they want to solve. But when you're asking for booking an appointment, you're asking for a sale. Okay, Booking an appointment is a sale, to be clear. Okay, It's just the outcome isn't a purchase. It's them investing their time with the, the person on the call, the account manager, the enrollment specialist, the sales rep, whatever. So, think about your own sales system, whether you're the rep, the manager, or the CEO. What's going on in your sales system right now? And at what points do you have an ask that's bigger than the level of connection the person that's in that sales role can make? And this is a tough one. I'm I'm pushing you a little bit this week, okay? Think about this. Where is the ask too big? Because there's two things you can do. You can work with somebody on this, right? You can help make them more aware, especially if you can show them the why. Because people that want to become great salespeople can. I believe that. But there's some things that are really, really tough to change. Some people get the emotional connection side instantly. Like I said, some people are just more mechanical. They're more methodical. You give them one task that repeats and they can do it consistently for hours and hours and hours and they're fine with it. But if... If it involves connecting, it's a different beast. So gauge the people that you have in place in the different parts of your sales process. Where are they on the gauge of emotional versus mechanical? And where do you need them based on what the ask is at the end of that conversation? Okay, so that's my question for you. That's my call to action is do this analysis on yourself. Do the assessment. How much in a realm of emotional versus mechanical and full disclaimer, um, I got the emotional versus mechanical from a book called work. The system, um, phenomenal book and, uh, by Sam Carpenter. I don't have a physical copy here yet, but it's amazing. Um, if you want to learn more about that stuff, uh, Josh Fonger and Sam Carpenter are phenomenal at work. The system. So check that out. But I want to give kudos to that. Cause that's, uh, an, an analogy that I actually came across today um, in studying Josh and Sam's process. So just 
full disclosure and full shout out as well. Um, Josh, actually, we will have on the show in one of the weeks coming up. So you'll get to learn more about that. But assess your team. Where are they? Emotional to mechanical. And see how well they fit based on the ask. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Thanks so much. Uh, this was episode, what are we, 82? I think it's 82. Yes. 82 of Sales Team Rescue, emotion versus versus mechanical in the sales process. What do you need? Who needs to be there? And who do you have there now? And how do we make them better? Okay, how can we help improve or fix it? Because here's the deal. If you have someone very mechanical, um, in an emotional role, you're going to have a struggle or they're going to struggle. And if you have somebody very emotional in a mechanical role, and this is a key piece, they're going to be bored out of their mind. You will lose them. Okay, There are great places in your sales system for both. It can be someone that's totally mechanical, totally emotional. Someone that's mechanical would be great at the dialing, great at the hustle, great at the work, great at the grind. And someone that's really heavy on the emotional side, like yours truly, is really great at the connection, really great on building relationships, really great on making things happen because they want to make other people happy. And understanding people's triggers is how you can most effectively make sure that your sales team or any other team in your business is built out. Okay, so again, leaving it there, (laughs) again. So thanks so much for visiting this week. Um, If you are watching live, go give me some love, give me some comments below, give me a thumbs up, give it a share. Um, Who do you know that has a sales team or is building a sales team and you want to make sure that they get the right people in place? Share this episode with them. Um, Make sure they hear about it. If you are listening to the replay or listening on the podcast, thanks so much. Uh, Make sure you are subscribed. Uh, Share with a friend. And if you want to catch replays of this episode, previous episodes, or to book your very own sales team readiness assessment call with me, go to salesteamrescue.com, scroll to the bottom, grab a time in my calendar, and we'll see where you're at. See what we can do. Because my goal for my clients is to help double their sales in 12 months or less. And if you've got a team and that sounds good to you, book a call with me and let's see if you fit. And if you do, let's get down to business and make 2021 the year that changes it all. All right, guys. Remember, get uncomfortable, get results. We will see you right here on Headspace TV next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com. 